Good morning, City Church. It is Tuesday, August 4th. Tuesday, August 4th. This is City Church together. At City Church, since we began back nine years ago now, we have been doing monthly fighter verses. So these are verses that as a church, we all work on committing to memory and meditating on, and they become our verse of the month. We called them fighter verses because our intent was that this it is with Scripture that we that we fight the good fight of faith is uh, Paul's words to Timothy, um, and so um, the Christian faith in many ways is a fight. Um, it is a fight to believe. It is a fight to uh, act um, on those beliefs um, in the form of opposition that comes yes from outside, but um, a lot of times from inside of us. Uh, so uh, all that to say is um, what what I'd like to uh, do f- uh, from today on forward is every time we get into a new month, I'll give you the fighter verse and just give you some starting meditations. Um, so as you uh, as you read the fighter verse and meditate on it, memorize it throughout the month that you will have um, uh, that you just have a good starting point for um, the context of this verse. So. Um, the the fighter verse for uh, August this year is Titus three fourteen. Uh, Titus three fourteen, and this is what it says: it says Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs, so that they will not be unfruitful. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs, so that they will not be unfruitful. And one time, for the people in the back, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. And that's the word of the Lord from Titus 3.14. Hopefully, that repetition is even helping you start to memorize it now as you're listening. Um, let me talk about the, um, before we talk about what, uh, get into the specifics of what that verse means and what that might call us to meditate and pray through. Um, uh, let me give you the context of, of the book of Titus or the letter, um, Paul's letter to Titus. Uh, it is a very short book. It's only three chapters, which means that makes summing it up that much easier. Um, this is, uh, this is me just reading through this, um, uh, today um, but I would I would summarize the letter to Titus as um, uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul communicating a message that um, the way that the church uh, looks and acts towards an unbelieving world is very important. Okay, that's the that's the first idea. It's very important that the way the church looks and acts to an unbelieving world be reflective of God's love and character, okay? The sub-points under that, so since that is important, it is is very important for those who are in leadership, particularly those who have walked in the faith longer and walked in life longer, so Older Christians, in order, in other words, been walking with the Lord longer and older in age, been walking in the world longer. Those people should be of a particular kind of character. So, so the leadership in the church and um, literally those who are, are elders, 
they should be a particular kind of character so that they can lead the younger in the church and so that the elders of the congregation can lead the congregation. Okay, so remember, we're still under the church needs to look holy and set apart to the world. They need to be attractive with God's love and character to the world. So we're going to do that by having an organization and an institution whose leaders and experienced people are those who have walked that way with the Lord. And so there's an expectation there. And then the third part of that is then those who follow need to have a particular disposition toward those people in the church who have led like that and are examples of godly character. Because when the church works like that, when the organization and the institution of the church works like that, that is the way we um, look beautiful to the world, okay? So um, some examples of this um, in Titus, you have in chapter one, um, Paul gets right to what an overseer or bishop or elder, um, it's all the same word in Greek, what a pastor is supposed to be. So this is reflective of uh, Paul's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, The same ideas are here, virtually the same list. So he starts out in chapter one, this is what your pastors should look like. Um, In chapter two, he goes from pastors to the general congregation in what we might call mentoring relationships or discipleship relationships, where he talks about the older teaching the younger, older men teaching younger men, and older women teaching younger women um, in the church. Um, And then... What we get to in chapter 3 is, uh, we, chapter 3 starts out, it says, he says in chapter 3, 1, remind them um, uh, to submit, so the younger in the church, remind them to submit to the rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. Um, on down in chapter 3, in verse 8, he says, This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things, So what I just read, so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone, but avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive person for after a first and second warning. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. And that leads us down to the close, which was our verse. Again, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. So taking the entire short letter of Titus and and letting it all come into a spearhead in that verse, because I don't want to just take that verse out of context, so it means something there. It has a it it has a different kind of flavor when we put it as a spearhead to this whole idea that um, Paul has been forming uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in this letter to Titus. So when he says, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs, it's important that we understand that in the context of what he's just said in chapter 3, two times, which is the opposite or, or, or what is going to oppose that, maybe not the direct opposite, but what's going to oppose learning to devote yourself to good works is when you get caught up in foolish fighting and quarrels. That's what's going to put the brakes on devoting yourself to good works. And how will you get caught up in foolish fighting or quarrels, just according to the context of 
the book of Titus. It is going to be to ignore the godly example, the godly leadership that that all has to qualify, all has to qualify with these characteristics. But when you ignore that, when you ignore your leadership, you will be sort of off mission and you'll get involved in all of these sort of um, uh, side projects that just end up in fighting. Okay, so let our so it, it's this is a call to focus. Let our people, the church, learn. Okay, learn means that it, it's going to take. How do you learn? Trial and error, right? How do you learn? You, learning means it doesn't come naturally, right? It's not just inherent. It is not inherent to us. Think about that word devote. The word devote means a vote in French. No, the word devote means uh, it, it takes a kind of persistence. It takes a kind of discipline. It takes a kind of application. Um, you can't devote yourself to something on accident. It, it takes leaning into taking action. So learn to devote, let, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs. So not just good works that make us feel better, good works that actually address needs. That's very important too. Let us devote ourselves to good works for pressing needs so that, what's the reason? So that they, our people, so that the church will not be unfruitful. And what is the point of fruit? Again, back to the theme of the book. The point of the fruit is that an unbelieving world can taste it, can taste and see that the Lord is good. So that the church, in the way that we act to our city and to our community, says something good is happening here. I can taste it by this sweet fruit. Okay. So here are some things to think about as we take Titus as a whole and as it spearheads into this fighter verse. What is getting in the way? What foolish fighting that is not profitable? What foolish debates and quarrels and disputes get in the way of us being a church that is attractive, that shows our community that they can taste and see that the Lord is good. What are those? Something to meditate on, to ask yourself about, ask about our church. What do we major on that's not major? What are these foolish debates? Something else, if you are a leader in the church, you're a leader in city church, um, if you are an older person in our church, Think about the character that you are called to. Think about the, the discipling relationships that the Holy Spirit calls us to in this book. Do you have those? Are those existent in your life? Is that character existent in your life? Are you an example to people who are looking to you because they're younger or because you are in a position of leadership? And then to those of us who are not older and not in a position of leadership, do you, as the scripture calls you to here, submit to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work? Of course, everything is meted out by scripture. Of course, everything that I say and any of our leaders say is always weighed against scripture. Of course, God is our ultimate authority, but it is very, very dangerous to cut God's people out of God's authority. In other words, God is my ultimate authority, so the pastor can't be. Now, you're right. The pastor can't be your ultimate authority, your last authority, 
But there is a kind of authority structure and leadership that the church sets up. And the point is not just so that some people get power and other people don't have it. That's not the point. The point is what we read in 14. We don't want to be unfruitful. This is the way God sets up the church to be fruitful, is when leaders are qualified in their character and their walk with God, and when they are doing the things that leaders are called to, discipling, leading other people, and when those people who are being led and discipled don't look with cynicism and fear at those leaders, but look to their character that matches up with God and say, this is a trustworthy, these are a trustworthy people. And then that's the way that the church works and can produce fruit. And watch out for those, that, that fighting that comes in, that is off mission for us, that does not glorify God and is not a way that we are a sweet tasting fruit to our community. And so one more time to memorize, let our people learn to devote themselves. It's not going to be easy and it does take learning, but that's why we should have leaders that teach. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs. Let's actually devote ourselves to, that's one of the ways we discern calling, is what's needed. Devote ourselves to pressing needs, to do good works, to pressing needs, so that we will not be unfruitful. Let's be silent and pray in this direction, and I hope that you will meditate on this fighter verse all month. Heavenly Father, you are our ultimate authority. You are the chief shepherd, and we trust you above any human authority. At the same time, you set up the church and you make this weird, imperfect group of people somehow the expression of Christ's body physically in the world. And when we look at our own sins, our own foibles, our own weaknesses, it, it seems um, just not a very efficient way to carry out your plan. And yet, we keep getting called back to press in to one another as we press into you in order to deliver the good works for pressing needs so that we are a tasty fruit to a watching world. I echo this prayer from Titus 3.14. God, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.